We're going to be in Romans chapter 12 this morning. Give you a second if you pull that up on your device you have or Bible that you get there to Romans chapter 12. And Paul says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say every, everyone among you, uh, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so uh, to, to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to, uh, to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts and differ accordingly to the grace given to us given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the, the proportion of his faith. If service, in his service, or, or, or he who teaches, in his teaching. Or he who exhorts, in his exhortation. He who gives, give liberally. Uh, he who leads, with diligence. He who shows mercy, with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brother, brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, be of, sound, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, uh, beloved but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if, you're, uh, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For, uh, for in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, as we dive into Romans uh, 12 today, I have a video I want you to watch as a spoken word of what I just read on um, a spoken word poem on Romans 12. So let's take a look. So here's what I want you to do. In the name of the one who was, who is, and who will always be, take your life, not just a part, but all of your being, and set it up as if on an altar, as an offering. True sacrifice means that you pay a price to leave all that you are before his throne, giving it back to him because it's not your own. What he did for us, we need to embrace, leaving behind what brings us disgrace. Giving our lives back to our king makes sense of all these words that we sing. But this world is pulling, straining, fighting to keep its grasp on what needs to become your past. Your future is a mind renewed, fixed on a prize you will never lose. Let God change your life the way you think from the inside out, transformed under his authority with rearranged priorities and an increased clarity no matter the complexity. Then you'll know what he wants you to do. He's the one who'll bring out the best in you. We've often heard it said before, we're familiar with this metaphor, that each body is made up of so many parts, eyes, ears, toes, heart. Each part finds its meaning as a part of the whole, 
no part alone could shoulder it all, could alone get up from a fall. So let's go ahead and be the part that we were made to be. See if you're the eyes to see. Hear if you're the ears to hear. Preach if you're the one to preach. Teach if you're the one to teach. If you serve, just serve. Don't take over. If you lead, just lead. Be happy as the mind and not the shoulder. Because the shoulder is needed when it's called on to respond. But so often we fail to see the bond of how each mind needs the shoulder and each shoulder the hand. Why can't we just understand how little it does when we compare, except bring judgment when love should be there? We are all siblings of another kind. God's mercy and grace tends to give a different bind. He binds us together with an agape love. The kind that I am speaking of, it comes from the center of who you are. Love deeply, sincerely, truly, don't fake it. Be real in a place where there's temptation to be an imitation of what you think you should be. Set yourself free. Be friends with the nobodies, because they're actually somebody. Somebody who needs love just as much as you. Somebody who's experienced pain, like you. Somebody who's messed up, just like you. Somebody who needs forgiveness, like you. Somebody who's walking this road right next to you. Look around. None of us have it all together, not without the covering of our Savior. So don't burn out. Keep your passion for the Lord fueled and aflame. Expect God's action when you call on his name. Don't quit in hard times. Just pray all the harder. Lean on one another. Come through for your sister. Come through for your brother. Don't settle for the ordinary. Strive for the extraordinary. Give back to the Lord the life you've been given and get ready for the adventure that you'll be living. You belong here in this community and I pray that we come together in unity in the name of the one who was, who is, and who will always be. Amen. Let's take a moment to pray. Father God, as we dive into your word and we hear these words that Paul has, has written to this community uh, so many years ago, God, these are also words for us in our own community in the here and now. I pray, God, that the meditations of my heart, the stirring, God, that you have been doing in my soul, uh, what is uh, shared would be your words, Father, your will, your way, uh, your heart for us here and now. And God, where, what you are doing with, within us now and, and where you're leading us um, uh, out from this place. So we pray, God, your spirit would again fill our hearts. Do a stirring in each of us of your words, God. We pray in your name. Amen. All right, so Romans, letter to the, the church in Rome. Paul is penning this letter to this church who is um, going through their own kind of struggle and fracture. You've got um, Jewish converts and Gentile believers coming together in this church and figuring out how, do we, how, do we supposed, how are we supposed to be in community together. And Paul lays out uh, in this letter that a, a couple things. This, the law that the, these Jewish converts know and have lived by and have, 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 has um, been imprinted on their hearts at a young age will not save them. Also, that everyone is just about justified by faith. These Gentile converts, these Gentile believers don't know the law, haven't been living by it. And so Paul says, it is faith in Jesus that gets you a part of this family, get, brings you in. Uh, you might not know the law or all the intricacies of it like your, uh, your Jewish uh, convert uh, and, and brother in Christ knows, but you are a part of this and you're justified 
by faith in Jesus. Now, of course, the Jewish convert would be like, well, that's not really fair because I have been grown, I've grown up with this law, and they haven't. They, they live a, a different way and, and, and operate in a, in a different manner than I do, and, and I recognize that God's law is how I'm supposed to be operating. I, the, the Ten Commandments and the Sabbath and don't have other idols, and I, I know all this. And Paul's saying, look, the law will not save you. Everyone is justified by faith. And God chooses to bless and redeem everyone. God chooses to bless and redeem everyone. Not only that, he is inviting this community, the, 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 the community at Rome, to play and participate in that kingdom work that God's about about bringing others into this family, that belief in Jesus and, and who he is, as the Son of God, who came and lived and died and sacrificed himself for us, that would cover us once and for all, that is the word, the message, the good news that this church gets to share with this community, this capital of this Roman Empire. To say that it is not just this Roman Empire that is so big and so grand, it's God's kingdom that is far bigger, far grander, and goes far beyond this empire. God's kingdom is what will last. And this is the word that Paul reiterates over and over again in this letter. Not only that, but he, he through it all, the message of everyone has a place in God's kingdom. Everyone has a place. You might be a Jewish convert. You might be a, a Gentile believer. Uh, you might be neither of those two, but everyone has a place in God's kingdom, and you are included. You are thought of. You are, you are planned for. You have a place. And so we dive in here to Romans chapter 12, and, and really this is the turning point uh, for Paul's letter, the, the uh, these sections of, that he's laid out sort of for the, for the Jewish converts, for the Gentile believer, and now really for the collective body that exists here in the city in Rome uh, for this church. And it's also for us here and now. Romans 12, it starts off, Therefore I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. This whole section's a section of chapter 12 to the end. God loves you, and he is calling us to love one another. Love your brother in Christ, your sister in Christ, and love this world that doesn't know Christ yet. Love this world that is broken. At every turn, you see some sort of division or some sort of fracture. You see some sort of argument or disagreement or war, and God is calling his church to pursue a different way, to love one another. Or it comes back to love God and love others. I wish this message was more difficult to share so that I could sound smarter, but it's not. It's not a difficult message to share. Love God, love others. Now the difficulties come in because of us. They come in because we, we miss it sometimes. We, we, we decide that other things are important and then we're like, yes, and love. But that's not how God started off, is I love you, I have created you, and I'm calling you into this way to live differently than the world. God's economy looks different than the world's economy. It's when Jesus came into the picture and he starts doing things differently, and he goes, you've heard this, but I say. It's something different. Jesus turns it on his head in the same way that God's economy turns the world economy on its head. Everything looks different in God's economy. 
And Paul's calling for this church, this community, to look different in this, in this city with all these people that are coming in among this, around this empire. It's a huge empire. And yet God's kingdom is bigger and far more grand and, and great. And, and, it, and, we, and it, uh, the people within God's kingdom offer, operate differently. They operate with love. So what does it look like to love in community? Because everyone sitting in this room, I am guessing you have, a, have had a disagreement with a brother or sister in Christ. Silence hushes the room. And yet, even in the midst of disagreements and struggles, God calls us to operate differently than the world. Calls us to operate differently. This, this start of Romans 12, this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living and holy sacrifice, sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. That it calls us back to chapter 8, where, where in chapter 8, Paul starts the, his, that, that chapter with, Therefore, and essentially the message in the beginning of chapter 8 is, Therefore, because what the law could not do, in saving you, in rescuing you, in, in, in providing salvation, what the law could not do, God did. God did. Through his son Jesus. And so again, it calls us back to, therefore then be living sacrifices. Now we read this, these two words, and we're like, yeah, be a living sacrifice. What does that mean? That even, for, even for people in Rome, for the, especially the Jewish converts, who knew that part of this coming to the temple and gathering together, there were certain seasons that would come that they would have to offer a sacrifice, right? The, the, whole, the whole Passover festival is bringing a sacrifice in, offering that to God, and our sins would be cleansed, right? This is calling back to being uh, exiled or being in, in Egypt and being rescued, that, that they, would, they would paint their doorways with the, the blood of the Lamb, and that would spare them. And on that night, and the next day, they exit Egypt, freed. It was glorious up until they realized we're going to be wandering in this desert for a little while. So being a living sacrifice is something that was different even in, for them. And we say this now, living sacrifice, what does that mean? What does that mean? Now, as a, as a child, the, the idea was that I would come to this altar, right, as a living sacrifice, essentially laying down myself, my will, my ways, my wants, and I would lay those down, sacrificing those to God, and be able to walk out as a living sacrifice, giving up my way for God's way, giving up my will for God's will. Well, and that's great, but this whole idea of a living sacrifice is that this is ongoing. We get drawn back, and Paul even writes this in Romans, we get drawn back into that, oh, but I want this. There's a, there's a war raging within us. It's this flesh, this sarks, this beast, beast nature. It's when, when Jesus was, or when God was talking to Cain after, like, before he had killed his brother, the, the enemy is knocking at the door. Sin is knocking at your door, at your, at your heart, and he wants to devour you. Be careful. 
And so this is a daily laying down so that when I walk out into the world, it is not my way, it's God's way. It's not my eyes, it's God's eyes. It's not my heart, it's God's heart. And this is a daily because even this week, I've, I need to repent of, of words that are unloving, of actions that are unloving, of a lack of words that don't communicate love, of a lack of actions that don't communicate love. I have to repent often. I have two children and a wife. I have to repent often of this in my daily life. I work with teenagers. I have to repent often for not pursuing this kind of love that Jesus has offered me, of not giving that to those that I have, I've, when I've left here, it's like, well, I just, I need to hang on to that. I need to hang on to that. I'm not sure if this person or this situation, if I can offer forgiveness, if I can offer grace and mercy, I guess, I don't know if I can lay that down, God. But, but present ourselves as living sacrifices. And, and, he, and, he, and Paul lays this out. Like, because of the mercy of God, we, really the only option, the only other reasonable option is to be a living sacrifice. To lay myself down and take on God, take on Christ. The only reasonable option based upon the mercies of God and what he's shown us and he continues on, do not be conformed to, the, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, so that that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And I would read this scripture, right, even as I came upon it as a young person, I'd read this scripture and I'd say, yes, I want to know what, the will, what God's will is for my life. And isn't, hasn't that been something we, each of us have said maybe? I want to know what the will of God is for my life. Let me say that again. I want to know what the will of God is for my life. Do you see still a bit of holding on to this? It's me. What if that living sacrifice is, Lord, your way, your will, not my life. Your will in this world. Your way in this world. Your kingdom of heaven coming to earth uh, in the midst of what's going on in, in my life and through my life. I've been convicted even as I, in those statements I've said all along. Especially looking at verse 2, what if it's not God's will for my life? What if it's God's will? And I pursue God's will, His way in the world. And guess what I get to do when that's, a, when that's the, the mindset? I get to remove myself out of the middle. Sorry, camera people. Sorry, people online. I get to take myself out of the middle, and I'm like, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to orient myself around you. Your way, Lord. Your heart. And, how, and what you're calling me to. Your way, God. I'll get out of the way. Not, my, not your will for my life. Your will. Period. In this world. In this world. And so, even verse 3 helps us to understand, for though the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted 
to each a measure of faith. This description of how we live in community shows our spiritual maturity. How we live in, in community shows our spiritual maturity. How we engage with one another. How we love each other. How we love God and how we love others. I, honestly, I wish this message was more difficult to share. But it's not. It's not complicated. The rub is how do we do that when there are difficulties? How do we do that when there's friction? Now imagine with me what's going on with this church, this community in Rome, the kind of friction that is taking place, and why Paul is writing to, they're, they're not all getting along. This isn't going really well. Hence the letter. It's both encouragement and direction for how to connect and be a community with Christ, proclaiming the good news of Jesus in a city and in an empire that's broken, that's hurting, that's living their own way. So how we how we live together, how we live in community, how we love in community shows our spiritual maturity. So then Paul doesn't finish even with that. He gives us, okay, well, uh, in verse uh, 4 through 8, for just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If, prof if prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. If serving, in his serving. Or, or he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives, give generously, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So we're given some things in this body, some gifts. Now, there are spiritual gifts, and then there are gifts that we are given in, 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 our, in, our, in creation. When, when God put us together, he knit us in our mother's wombs, there are some things that he put within us, some gifts that we have, Right? And we get to live those out, and we get to live those out even aside from the, the Spirit filling us. So you could be, uh, uh, you could be, like have the heart to care, and, and be a doctor or a nurse, and care for the, for the, the bodies of people sick and broken and hurting, and God's giving you that gift of caring. Now, you can, you can operate out of that gift aside from the Spirit, but imagine what it looks like if it's with the Spirit. And if you've ever been sick or need to be in the hospital or a clinic, or you, you can recognize a doctor or a nurse who has a gift of, of compassion. You, you know who those are. It's pretty easy to pick up. And then you recognize those who maybe aren't gifted in that. And you're like, what? I don't know. Just take care of me, please. But you know the, the difference. Right? You know a difference of a, of a pastor who has a gift of, I mean, the difference between a doctor and a pastor is that the doctor's smarter. They still have the gift of compassion. Right? The doctor's just smarter. The ones who can't hack it are like, you know, I'll, I'll be pastor. <laughs> but it's compassion for people. Do you care for people? It's the same way with teachers, the same way with encouragers. You know, when you have an encourager in your life, you know who they are, don't you? 
that person is an encourager. Now, the hope is that that person also has an encourager because it's really hard to watch an encourager be discouraged, especially if you personally are not an encourager. It's, it's really heartbreaking. But you know who those people are in your life. Do You know who the giftings that we have. And so even as a community, we are one body with many members. And it isn't like Paul is giving an option here. He goes, um, each of us, in verse 6, each of us is to exercise these accordingly, according to what God has given us and gifted us with, according to the faith that we possess, according to the, the maturity that we're walking in and God's growing us in. Each of us is to exercise these. Not an option, not a, you know, you know when, you, when, when you're ready, when you feel it. No, by what we have been proportioned by, we are to offer that to the body. And so if your gift is a gift of prophecy, and this is one of saying, look, um, and it's, especially as we read in Scripture, the, 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 the Old Testament prophets are calling to God's people to say, hey, if we keep going in this direction, this is not going to be great. Right? Old Testament prophet. If we keep going down this direction and choosing our, way, our own way, this is not going to lead us to where God's calling us. And so if you have the gift of prophecy, to use it. If you have the gift of service, serve one another. If you have the gift of teaching, then teach. If your gift is encouragement, then come alongside people and, and encourage them. If it is giving, then give generously. If, it's, if it's your gift is a leader, then lead. And if it's mercy, and show mercy to those who need to receive that. We are one body with many members. And, and Paul, Paul gives us what the implications of living in a community look like, uh, even with these, with these gifts. And so it's starting in verse 9, all the, way to the, all the way to the end of the chapter, are some implications of what it is to live in community, of one body with many members living in community. And it's no accident, probably, that Paul starts out with love. Let love be without hypocrisy. Love. We're going to jump into these here in a moment. I'm going to ask Sam if she can come up and play. Um, and as we go through these, recognize that within community, this is how we, how, what God has given us to be connected, to love one another, to practice loving God together, to, to, to get through the, the, the difficult seasons to, to, to when, when things aren't always clear and understood moving forward, that these are some of the implications of, of what we can do as we're in community, as we're together, as we're a part of the body. We are one body with many members living in community. And so he starts off with this. Verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor, abhor what is evil. Now you could look up the word abhor. And there's lots of words in here, Paul. You know, the dictionary is helpful. Right? But it's like, it is, it is I mean, it's like this. It grinds on me what is evil. 
Like hate's not enough. <laughs> not even hate what is evil. It just grinds on me. I see it and I, I can't. I can't. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Devotion. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. We might not see eye to eye. We might not be getting along today. But I am devoted to being in relationship with you. To loving you. Give preference to one another in honor. Oh, <laughs> That's easy. When we deem people, people as honorable. Yeah? That is easy when we deem others as honorable. When we deem them as, I don't know if you deserve that honor. Paul's not telling you to make a judgment here. Not lagging behind and diligent, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope. There is a hope. No matter what season you might find yourself in, there is a hope together in community. Persevering in, tri in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Devoted to prayer. How are we going to have God's heart? How are we going to have God's eyes? How are we going to have God's compassion? It doesn't happen unless we're in prayer. It doesn't happen unless we seek the voice of God. If we seek his face. Verse 13, contributing to the needs of the saints. Practicing hospitality. Practicing hospitality. If anything in this season with COVID has shown me is that hospitality can crush fear. Caring for the needs of others can eradicate fear that can consume. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. If your victory is not mine, can I still rejoice with you? If your win isn't something I get to experience firsthand, can I rejoice with you? Weep with those who weep. lost a dear brother <laughs> this last week. And he lived a life worthy of the calling God had on his life. And Nancy reminded me this week by a picture she posted that there's a sunrise on, on the next hill. There's a sunrise on the next hill.
Can we rejoice with those who rejoice? Can we weep with those who weep? Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Can we recognize that although we may have a position, there are those that have been trampled by this world. And we can come alongside and encourage and meet with and offer the good news of Jesus. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, if possible. So far as it depends on you, so far as it depends on you, not the person in the room, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. So far as it depends on you. Never take your own revenge beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now hear this. We can hear vengeance and we can hear heaping, burning coals over heads. It isn't for us. It isn't for us. Well, here's what is for us. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Let me give some context to that. It is not for us. If our enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. Leave the rest to God. We serve a God who is patient. Patient with those that stand against him. And he finishes it off in 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The, this, these things are how we can live in community to love God and to love others. This is how we're to be living sacrifices. Living sacrifices are two words that don't make sense unless those things are part of our interactions with one another and with the world. We're going to have an opportunity to join together in communion this morning. And what better way as a community to practice communing with the Father and communing together than with communion? It's something Jesus has given his his disciples. It's something Jesus has given his bride, the church, to participate in together that connects us with God and it connects us with one another.
And so in this time, I have a few that are going to come and they will uh, hand you uh, a piece of the cracker and you can take uh, a cup. And the worship team will play and lead us in song. And so we come forward and in, in, a, in, a, in a moment here and, and, and you receive the elements, take the elements and return to your seats or to the, to the altars here as well. And as the worship team leads us, know that, th- that this sacrament, this opportunity of communion is all a part of the implications of what it is to be a community that loves God and loves others. This is how we look different from the world. We love God and we love others. And in this opportunity, we get to commune with God and we get to commune together by partaking in communion. When Jesus sat down with his disciples at the Last Supper and he, and he took the bread and he broke it, and he broke it with his disciples, he said, this is my body broken for you. Before he is about to go to the cross, before he was going to be beaten and hung on the cross for us. This is my body broken for you. Take it and eat. And then he took the cup and he passed it around and he asked them to take it. And he said, this represents my blood poured out. Poured out as a new covenant, a new promise. A new way to operate. Covered by the sacrifice from Jesus. So I'm going to pray here in a moment. Worship team will, will, will play. I invite you to come and to receive. Lord God, you are good. And you are good to us. You are good to your creation. I pray, Lord, that your words here from Paul to this church, from your scriptures to us now. God, we would know and understand a bit more of what it is to love in community, of what it is to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, laying down what we want, our desires, our will, our way, laying them down, and leaving with your way, your will, your heart for the redemption of this world. You are doing a good work in us, God, and you are doing a good work through us, Lord. I pray that we be obedient to receive, God, your gift of grace and pursue where you're leading us. Knowing, God, that you have invited us to this table. Knowing, God, you have invited us to commune with you and with each other. Lord, I pray we hear from you, God. May we hear your voice and respond. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. In your name, amen.